Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When the red, red robin comes bum, bum, bumming along, along. There'll be no more sobbing when he stops robbing his home. Sweet song. Don't make big Simon McKeanock angry, Rotherham. You won't like him when he's angry. So, very good evening to you. And welcome to Charlton Live here on this Sunday evening, live from the Valley. I am your host for this evening, Louis Meadows. Joining me in the studio here at the Valley are uh, Tom Wallin. How you doing, Tom? Yeah, good. Yeah, but everyone's spirits have been lifted, haven't Happier, they? Yeah. Happier, yeah. And uh, joining us here is uh, Paul Chris. Crispy, how's it going? Very well, mate. It feels like, was it November the last time we won? November the 21st. Oh, our first victory since November the 21st. Thank you very much, Roland. Um, this is uh, this is Charlton Live here on your Sunday evening, live from the Valley. As I said, we'll, of course, we're going to look back at yesterday's fantastic, fantastic, long-awaited 4-1 win against Rotherham United. We're going to hear from Jose Riga. We're going to hear from Big Mac, Simon McKeanock. Uh, and, of course, most importantly, we want to hear from you guys. It's studio at charltonlive.co.uk. If you want to contact the studio via email this evening, you can tweet us at Charlton Live, or you can go onto the Charlton Live forum uh, where there's a thread uh, for tonight's show. And we want to hear what you guys made of yesterday's game, what you guys made of all sorts, anything that's happened Charlton-wise this week. So the fans forum meeting, the the uh, situation with transfers, of course, with Tony Watt going and Reese Oxford not coming and all, all this going on. Um, 
Uh, and also, we've got a topic that we want to hear from. When uh, obviously yesterday was a, a huge win, and some would say unexpected huge win. Nobody, um, we we knew we had the quality perhaps to go there and get something, but no one expected us to win quite so comfortably. So I want to know when there's been other occasions where Charlton have won really well, completely unexpectedly. So I mean, I, I, I guess when we beat Chelsea 4-2 here at Boxing Day. Unexpected. So that's the sort of thing we're after. So email studio at charltonlive.co.uk or you can tweet us at charltonlive. First things first, though. And I'll tell you what, I've, I've, uh, I, when I edit the highlights, sometimes it's not much fun. This was a lot of fun on the train home from other yesterday. This is the highlights. This is Terry Smith and Liam Happ talking you through that wonderful, wonderful 4-1 win at Rotherham United. Seats there, section all. Obviously, we've got 700, probably more considering the, uh, the non-coach travellers. It's a lovely touch, uh, breaking in there from... Uh, Mackinock to feed Bergdich, Bergdich back to Mackinock, takes a shot, oh it's there! Mackinock has opened a score for the Addicts, super work from Charlton down the left hand side, Mac- Mackinock with a super touch to find Bergdich, who found him again on the edge of the penalty area and he slammed the ball past Lee Camp for the opening goal and we've had four minutes and Charlton are one nil up. What a great start, and look at the elation from the away stand. They've been waiting for a moment like for ages. Bill, as we said earlier, it was a great start. They were pressing, they were intent, they were hounding, they were dogging, they were looking for errors. They found a couple of errors. When they got that first serious attack, it was almost inch perfect, and that first time finish from Mackinac was excellent. Solly with the throw, gets it back from Broadford's header clearance. Up into the air it goes, cleared away again by Rotherham. Cousins, first one to react, and then Lenin. Hits the ball forward, Vettakeli jumps in the air, beats Broadfoot to it, but Matic clears it away, the bouncing ball, and then uh, kept in by Ward, uh, up towards... See who's got that now, it's uh, the other Ward, and it's into Burke, who takes the shot, and he's equalised for Rotherham. Shot for the first time, allowed both Wards to get on the ball. First of all, it was Grant Ward down the Charlton right-hand side, who got to the ball first. He then fed in Danny Ward... Uh, Danny Ward then teed up Burke in on the left-hand side of the penalty area and his shot left Henderson no chance. Yeah, it was more decent last-ditch defending in some of that Rotherham attack, but there was a gaping, gaping gap to Charlton's left on that Rotherham right and it was duly exploited. They had all the space and the time in the world. He took a touch, he finished it. Uh, Henderson got a little touch in it, but it wasn't enough and now we're back to square one. It's dropped to Burke. Again, cutting you up, I'm sorry. Liam as the ball now finds uh, Burke on the edge of the penalty area out to now to Matic he's got a bit of time to cross this ball he does so Jackson gets a header on it he's going to need Fox to get another one it does but it's still around in the edge of the penalty area Grant being forced out left that's a good tackle from Fox but it'll drop to Green Green 10 yards outside the penalty area chips it in but straight into the uh, grateful arms of Henderson who rolls it out to Cousins who can turn and run here Cousins, lovely ball into the part of Goodmanson. Can he take his man on? He does. He's trying to be pulled back, but he's in the area. The ball across to Vettigaini! And there's a goal! Charlton have the lead again. Super work. Firstly from Henderson to roll it out to Cousins, who did a pinpoint pass into the part of Goodmanson. Matic trying to grab him back. He didn't work. And instead of Goodmanson going on his own, a slide rule ball across the penalty area, picked out Vettigaini, who buried his chance, and Charlton a 2-1 up. What did I say about two and a half minutes ago, Terry? The, the, the game has been absolutely excellent if you don't have a vested interest in it. Uh, 
and there's a lot of similarities between that goal and the first goal for Cholton. Great low cross, great first time finish, but kudos to Goodmanson, who for me has been the best player so far. He managed to shrug off his defender, realise he had the space and made that pass can, made it easy for Igor, and Igor deserved that goal, Terry. Absolutely, he did. He's been sharp this afternoon. Dixon lines up, takes it left-footed, swings it in! Oh, tipped over the bar by Kemp. That was on target and heading underneath the crossbar. Oh, absolutely excellent. I thought we'd go a little bit wider for the top corner, but that was just dipping underneath left the centre, just within range of the keeper, fortunately for Rotherham. Otherwise, that would have been game over. The way this game has been going, I don't think their heads would have picked up at 3-1 this stage. Almost a trademark skipper free kick. As it is, it's a corner, and Goodmanson comes across to the Charlton left-hand side to take it. He's going to swing this out left-footed, does so. Into the edge of the area, yes. and there's Sabakinak with a header! He rose above everybody, he drifted away from the edge of the six-yard box. He'd be careful not to get a book in here. He's just gone straight to the Rotherham fans who are throwing stuff at him. Uh, super work, there's lots of bottles being thrown on the pitch. As Mackinock went to behind the goal to celebrate, he peeled away from the edge of the six-yard box, lost all his markers and buried that header beyond camp. Super goal from Charlton's Big Dane. I just hope they return that goal right to the textbook where it came from. That was a classic corner. The uh, the delivery was perfect for when you've got the sort of height that Charlton have had at these set pieces and who else but Mackinac. That jump was absolutely perfect. Rotherham were absolutely flabbergasted by it, how inch perfect that was. And I think we are as well because we've not seen much of it down at Charlton over the last few months. But what a time we were saying before this game kicked off. What a time to start playing with a bit of intent. And they've done exactly that. Lumped forward to share in a foot race with Clark Harris, and Clark Harris has got there. And there's no way that's a penalty. And then, oh, no way, that's nonsense, absolute nonsense. How long did he wait for that? From the moment he got close to that ball, it was clear that he weren't looking for a cross, he weren't the opportunity to hit oh, the deck. He's done that's it exactly again, what he did. He's done it again. This could be a big moment for Henderson if he can keep this out. Harris left footed over the bar. And that's justice. Slammed it over the bar. It wasn't just over the bar either. It was about 10 yards over the bar. I'd say maybe he rattled his... Uh, maybe he rattled himself from the fall, but let's face it, when you land perfectly on your forearms, that can't be the case, can it? <laughs> to the last minute and a half. Yeah, we're slowly... He comes short, gets it back to Facey. Facey goes across to Broadfoot. Can Goodmanson get there first? He does. Lovely dink. Can he feed a, a Charlton forward? He just couldn't get it out of his feet to find Gushanajad and Rotherham clear it away. But Lennon will intercept, gets it right back outright to Goodmanson. He might uh, step on this. Instead, he finds Gushanajad. Lovely little one two with Gushanajad. He's back on it. Goodmanson, what do you think about his shot? No, he tees up Lookman into the penalty area. And there's number four. Adamola Lookman back in the team, back on the pitch, and back on the score sheet. And what an assist, what a finish. That was the perfect way to wrap up such a consummate performance from players we were starting to wonder if they even cared anymore. Well, I think the, the jury has come in, Terry. They do. Rieger has found the right combination here in a crucial game. If they can take this forward, there's hope for us just yet. But what a way to finish a great performance. Oh, massive, massive, massive smiles in the studio listening back to that commentary. And... What, what a special day, and, and we've been waiting for it for a long, long time. Yeah, happy days. Eh? It, it's been a long, a long time since we've had the uh, the pleasure of, of, of a win, um, and I, I definitely didn't expect it yesterday. I would have, I'm not going to lie, I would have been happy with the point from there because I, I didn't want to lose that game. We couldn't afford mm. to lose that. 
But did I expect us to go and win 4-1? Not in a month of Sundays. I think, yeah, you say about that, I, I, I don't think I could have, would have taken a point from that. I think we were in the situation now where if you take a point and you're just keeping the status quo in terms of the, the gap of the points, I think that, I think we had, to, we had to start reeling them in at some point. I, I agree, of course. Of course. You know, I'm glad that you know, Jose went, went for the win, but the, the, the key for me was not to come away with, with losing that game because the gap would have been for me would have, got, would have got bigger I think you know come out with something and start you know, maintaining building that confidence but I didn't think the confidence would, would come that quickly from a, a week well a couple of weeks of yeah. training under Jose they looked like different players yesterday yeah and Marion said it was just brilliant hearing this all over again it certainly was I say I've, I've, I've had to do the highlights quite a fair few times recently and it's not much fun but when you were on the train home yesterday and uh, yeah, I had a can of beer and I was doing the highlights I had a wonderful time on the train home yesterday um, the, the, the big team news there was only one change and that was the fact that um, obviously with Tony Watt uh, unavailable due to being uh, loaned out. He was uh, he was not in the side. Uh, Simon McKeonock, a player who's been floating in and out of form this season, certainly been picked up as a uh, perhaps a scapegoat in some terms. But you know he's he's been sarcastically cheered for his header. So cer- certainly with a point to prove. And we saw, uh, I think Jake Bacon makes a very good point in the. Uh, in the interview with Jose later, that Jose did well when he was last time here to think the way he picked up Sordell and, and Harriet. And he seems to have done that. I mean, it's only one game in, but he seemed to have brought the confidence back into Simon McKeonot yesterday. And, you know, that, that first finish, whew, I was purring when I saw that again on, on the Football League show because that was a quality finish. And I, I have to be honest, I didn't think he had it in his locker. Yeah, I thought he looked like a different player last night. I think, um, or yesterday, sorry, he'd struggled a little bit at the start of the season. And then I thought, you know, obviously Hully got that goal and then he thought he came into a bit of form and was playing all right. And then, obviously, we've pointed out a few times, Ipswich was really the the big game where he, he struggled. And since then, like you say, fans have been on his back and there's been the sarcastic cheering and stuff. But yesterday, as I say, I saw the highlights on the uh, Football League tonight and uh, he looked, yeah, looked like a different player, looked like a man possessed. It was, like, that first goal was obviously a great finish, a great reach. And then the second goal showing his aerial ability, which is one of the things that's been under criticism recently. So... Yeah, if Riga can continue to get that out of him, he's going to be such a danger. And that's the player I think a lot of us thought we'd signed as well. Mm. And it's so reassuring to see him to that sort of form. And I sort of hinted at the top of the show from our sort of entrance there. He was he was fired up yesterday. I think you could see, I mean, even in the warm-up, um, <clears throat> I didn't hear it myself, but um, someone who was round right by the, the fans was saying that only, only a, a couple of people. There was a little bit of sarcastic you know, taking the mickey basically during the warm-up from our own fans when they were shooting towards towards a goal set up in front of them. So obviously, I think that would have fired him up. And you saw in his celebration for the first goal, I mean, this is a man who, not completely unfairly the entire time, because he played really badly against Ipswich and he admitted that. But since then, he has, every time he's won a flick on now, and it is getting a bit stupid, it's getting ridiculous now because he's winning most of his headers at the moment. He he's getting sarcastically cheered. So he's there's, there's one or two members of the fan base out there who I think McKinnon would can justifiably feel a bit annoyed with. And then his celebration for the first guy, he cupped his ears towards the Charlton fans. I mean, the, all that rage and all that frustration is coming out there. And also, it's sort of a you know, let me hear you now. Let me hear you cheering me on now that I've done something for you. Well, well I think the fans for the fans who don't sarcastically cheer and they're delighted because those fans in some ways you know, I'm not, not condoning it but it's rolled him up so much if he keeps doing that and scoring two goals a week and he does that <laughs> to the other fans then fine that's not, not a problem with me um, you're absolutely right it's stupid um, and he's not the only player in the last you know, the 10, 15, 20 years I've been going who's unfortunately copped it um, but you know, yesterday he was, he was he was different gravy wasn't he so mm. I, I thought the, the fact that 
that first goal, yeah, it was a fantastic finish. Um, one that we haven't seen anything like by any of our strikers really through the season. It was the fact he started it as well. He won that flick on, got that to Bergdich on the left, who actually deserves a bit of credit for the, yeah. the tee-up as well on that, um, who suddenly come back in from nowhere and well, has another, played two an, games an, under Riga. Another so, example of a player that he's picked up a bit, isn't it? Well, I think we're going to say it with a few players today, aren't we? You know, uh, Jordan Cousins in the middle played probably one of his best matches yeah. of the season. Oh. So uh, we'll, we'll probably go through it as we go along. But it, the fact is that these players who look completely shorn of confidence three weeks ago at Huddersfield and Hull or completely out on the sidelines going to Cyprus, as, as far as I was aware with, with Bergdich, are suddenly on the pitch and performing again. Your tweet was quite pertinent yesterday, Tom, I think, when, after one of the goals went in. You, it's a bit sweary, but you said, like, why... Um, <laughs> As, as well as we're doing, why this, this sort of just highlights the fact that why why was Jose not kept on in the first place? Why was he not? Why was he not? And I think I know why. But I mean, it's re- I think I know why. Yeah. As well, yeah. And but I mean, you, you'll hear it in the interview. Like he um he's a straight talker. He's, he's no Carol Fry in the way that he will try and protect the the owner's interest in terms of you know we've got eleven players. That's all you need sort of squad thing. He says what he means, and what he means isn't. To me, it feels like it goes against sometimes what Roland means, but it it, it does beg the question like why? Yeah, I was obviously. Obviously ecstatic when we won yesterday and uh, like we've all just said there, the three points was what we needed and it's great and it's a building block here but there was a, an ounce of frustration because it just felt like two years lost. It feels like if if we'd, know, who knows, it's all ifs and buts but I just felt, it, it just looked like the same Charlton side that we had under him last time and obviously it's a different set of players but it's that same mentality, it's that same togetherness and uh, it's the same spirit we saw in in the game yesterday that we saw when he was last here and yeah, I guess that, that tweet just came out of frustration that we've had all these managers coming in that, that haven't really been good enough and, and they're coming out and saying, well, it's the right choice every time. And you think, well, if Riga had stayed here, who knows where we'd be? But as I say, on the on the good side, he's come back in and he has done, mm. so far, seems to be doing what he did last time. Mm. Obviously, it's very early days yeah. and it is only one win, but if he can keep this up and keep us up again, then... He's sort of answered his critics twice, hasn't he, I guess? Yeah. Uh, Sue says, uh, listening to Chatham Live while doing some work, so chuffed for Big Mac, and so am I, Sue. Uh, James Madison says, Jose Riga's got the team playing to play his strengths. Give Simon McKinnock good crosses. He will be a success. Uh, Peter Pierce says, glad Mac scored, but he was lolloping around like a luxury player when I saw him, but good on him. And that's where I think... Um, that's where I think sometimes you can understand why justifiably he was getting a bit of stick because I, I, I've remembered a couple of games. I think it was the Ipswich game where the thing, Ipswich one was yeah. just, was things weren't there. things weren't going his way and his body language suggested that oh, he, he'd sort of given up and he wasn't chasing crosses towards the, the near post and that sort of thing. That's where uh, I mentioned. Yeah, you, you say you say rightly about um, Bergdich as well. He was um, again. I thought he started well against. Uh, it was it last week, Blackburn, Blackburn. and yeah, he set set up the wonderful assist for that first goal. He battled. He's, I mean, it's a good flick on by a big Mac to send him up, but he battled away down that left hand side. My, my, my assumption when Riga came in was that that Callum Harriet was going to come was being on that yeah. left. I know he played under Fry against Nottingham Forest and played really well, and um, I just assumed that you know he played so well at the end of the season. Uh, when Riga was last here, that he would go, he'd be staying in the team. But Bergdich came out of nowhere, and I mean, I thought he did okay last week against Blackburn. Mm. Nothing special, but he, he hassled and harried and helped Fox on that left hand side. And it sounds like he took that to the next step yesterday. So, you know, a, a three, four more weeks of Bergdich playing like that and getting better and better could actually be, you know, a, a good a good signing from six <laughs> six months ago. Currently, it goes against everything I believe exactly. in. Yeah, uh, yeah, Bergdich could actually be a decent player. But like no. I say, he done he done well yesterday. Steve Bridge says we presume the why is that Riga picked Powell's players in 2014, hence we stayed up, and that is sort of what I was getting. Yeah. At. Um, <laughs> yeah. The uh, the Kirk Broadfoot the. 
uh, captain for them. He was he was winding up Simon McKeenock as well. And there was one bit when uh, when Simon came to do the interview after he was grabbing onto his arm, and you'll see you'll um, you'll hear the interview later. He doesn't we don't really actually ask him about his arm. Uh, I think Terry might ask him at the end. But basically, um, I, I read on one on the Rotherham forum that apparently after after Simon done his arm, Kirk Broadfoot purposely went up and started grabbing him on it. After he flew that was, but like I say, when with McKeonock's second goal, he was celebrating in front of the Rotherham fans because they'd been giving him all sorts of stick. And you'll hear in the interview, he says, he says that shout Broadfoot up as well. It's a brilliant <laughs> comment. But let's say when he's angry, I mean, Terry likened him yesterday to Carl Lieburn. Apparently, Lieburn played at his best when he was angry. But his problem was he was such a nice man, he was rarely angry. That could be the problem with Simon McKeonock as well. Maybe. The one, one thing I've heard, and I didn't actually see it, but I've heard this, this happen was that at the. Uh... When he celebrated the goal, Jacko went over and had a, a nice little word with him after, you know, as they were going along to the, the touchline to say, right, keep it calm. You know, yes, you're angry, you're, yeah. but keep calm. Just keep your keep your head on. And Sue's going to love this. This is why Jacko is pot is is right to be in the team. You know, no matter what anyone yeah. thinks about what he gives, he's that that level head at times and the, and the leader that he is. He keeps Mackinac calm and. Um, yeah, I, I think you know there's that that balance along the along the team there. Suddenly, there's a, there's some leaders on the pitch again. Because there was there was a worrying moment after the second goal. He got in, he went into a challenge that I, I mean, when we all saw it first, we all thought well, that's fine. But then I was sort of it was quite funny. I was doing my report into the studio about his second goal at the time, and then he's gone into a challenge that sort of out, when I sort of half watched, I thought that looked okay. But then it's Keith Stroud, so Keith Stroud's reacted yeah, to the crowd. Right. And given a free kick, and then he's called him over. So I'm on there going, I think he's about to be sent off. You're going to have to come back to me. Luckily, he didn't, but it, I was certain he was going because we know what Keith Stroud, he loves to make a big decision, and he made that a few minutes later, uh, and that was the worry. But like you say, when, when you're fired up, there is a danger that you're going to fly into people, isn't there? But he didn't do it. He didn't do it. He just he played to his strengths, and that's, that's a I good hope, thing. I hope it continues just yeah. to keep up. Uh, kind of sort of going back to the early period of the game, we'd already talked about that first goal, the, set, the uh, equaliser for Rotherham. Uh, straight away, I got, um, I got tweets in from people who I assume were at the game, or perhaps watching on the, I think there was a stream going yeah, around. Yeah, naughty, yeah. naughty people you're not supposed to watch that and um uh people blaming morgan fox and there is no single way you can blame morgan fox for that because he the reason there was so much space for burke on the left he had to cut inside because we'd uh, i think harry lennon had gone out of position uh, missed his header and all of a sudden you've got a defender who's 30 yards away from where he needs to be and that's where rotherham are, you know morgan fox has to cover over and rotherham are able to exploit that extra space but you, should, you can't be blaming morgan for that no i think uh, again fox has, has been a bit of a scapegoat well i say scapegoat he's he's had bad games and he's been a bit out of form but uh, yeah, on this occasion, and I think he, he improved a little bit last week at Blackburn, and I think he did again okay yesterday. But like you say, Lennon was the one out of position. He's done what any natural fullback would do and tried to cover that space. And, you know, they, they've had used the extra man well and they exploited that space, and it was a good finish, to be fair to Rotherham. So yeah, yeah you can't blame him for that. <laughs> Great tweeting from Brian Cole. He says oh, he's kept up his 100 miles per goal average yesterday because <laughs> he did 1,100 miles when we conceded those 11, 11 goals yeah, <laughs> against Hull and Huddersfield. He says, thanks, lads. Quality day and quality results. Simon deserves the plaudits. If there's is... one man who deserves it, it's you, Brian. <laughs> yeah, he's <laughs> travelling all the way from Portsmouth to go and watch what, what normally is a load of rubbish. <laughs> but yeah, I'm glad he, <laughs> glad he enjoyed it yesterday. Uh, our second goal came from a Rotherham uh, attack, actually, and Hendo claimed it, and he rolled it out nicely for, I think it was Jordan, and Jordan's played a wonderful ball down the right-hand side, and, and Goodmanson's shown a bit of strength here because the defender was trying to pull him back. He's, he sort of wrestled him off, and he's got that. And, and from where I, from where I was sitting at the time, it, it looked like a simple square ball, but there was a covering defender. He had to measure that to perfection, mm. otherwise the keeper would have had it. And I mean, how good is it to see a Johan getting back to what he does? I mean, three assists yesterday, and B Vettakela. He was so so sharp yesterday, and rewarded with a goal. He said in the South London press on Friday, I think that he's finally feeling for the first time in 
a couple a year perhaps that he's getting back to his full fitness in terms of his injury finally healing up, healing up, and he played like that yesterday. Well, from Johan's side, he could have easily gone down when when that challenge kind of came across and gone down and got maybe another guy potentially sent off or um, or at least carded and get a free kick outside, but he didn't. He stayed up. And in regards to Johan's, another one who's suddenly played a bit of confidence in their th- three assists. I think he only had like five in the rest of the season. So yeah. um, I think we all know a confident Goodmanson um, is, is one of the best players we've got. So don't expect a worldie in a couple of weeks if he keeps playing yeah. like that. Um, but yeah, in regards to Igor, we, we know from the start of last season that he's a good finisher. He's a good well, he's, he's a good player. He's got a lot of pace about him if he wants to and, and, and you know could be a, a real bonus now for the, the second half of the season. Season, now he's fit, and I read that article in the South London Press, and you, you couldn't help but feel sorry for the guy. Mm. Um, so in, in the problems it, he's had at one point, it seemed like he was going to be loaned out to Bolton without his. Well, he wish, said he didn't want his to. Wishes, yeah. I mean, that's ridiculous. He even isn't talked it? about giving up as well, yeah. hasn't he? Yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah. I always remember um, when uh, Pete Finch used to be on here. I remember him talking about Achilles injuries and how apparently it's always kind of a mental thing. Yeah. So then when you're playing, you're always worried about doing it again. So you lose maybe just five or ten percent of your game. And yesterday, from from what I saw, it looked like he was back to maybe not a hundred percent, but not far away. I think the one thing for me from the Blackburn game last week is he looked a bit sharper. It was it was the first touch was was a bit of a struggle at yeah. times, uh, but the ball was getting. Just a little bit ahead of him and he couldn't, couldn't catch up. And you think, right, if you get to a few of those, in the next couple of weeks he will. And I know he had a couple of opportunities yesterday where he didn't latch on to the balls from the middle. But the more they go on and the more he plays, then he's going to be back to the eagle that was there. Well, we saw, it, we saw it against Blackburn. There was that ball over the top where he latched onto it and he got a shot on yeah. goal. And that, the more of, they say more of that, he'll get back into it. Um, Lewis Sullivan says, We must always support the team. The fans yesterday were amazing. The Jose Riga song made me feel so proud of the lads. And he certainly got his name sung yesterday, uh, did Jose. Right, um... Obviously, we 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 got, we got that second goal not uh, about just on the stroke of half time. We had conceded, and that was the issue for me because we've seen it, especially under Fry. So when we conceded a goal, we would fall to pieces. We would absolutely fall apart. And um, again, I asked Jose about this, but that didn't happen. So something's changed, and you know, I, I'm I'm sure people think that I I try to bash Carol Fry on the show every week, which I don't. But but yeah, but um, <laughs> sorry. I might rephrase that one next time. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I might I'll slag him off. But um, but I said slag him off. Um, <laughs> uh, but again, this is something that's changed since Jose's come in, and that's that's a big thing for us because there are there are setbacks. There's always setbacks, especially with us at the moment, uh, and we recovered from it a lot better this time. Yeah, I think. Well, look, whether we liked him or didn't like him, or however however we felt about Fry being in charge, the point was that. He just wasn't good enough at the level that we needed. We needed someone who had a bit of experience of the league, who was comfortable coaching players at this level and was able to organise a team. And the difference, we even saw it at Blackburn last week. Yeah, it wasn't a groundbreaking performance. It wasn't a great, great game, to be honest. But there was much more structure. There was much more organisation. Everyone seemed to know what they were supposed to be doing. We saw that even more yesterday. And the, the flair was back. The confidence was back. People trusted each other on the pitch and you just felt that organisation was there and that's why when we got, got that goal down everyone knew what their job was and they sort of built and started again. From, from my understanding there was a lot more of kind of, of, a, of a hassle and intensity when we didn't have the ball. I don't know yeah. if I'm right because obviously Pre- you were in the game. Up, yeah, pre- bit more pressing, trying not to give Rotherham too much time on the ball. I think it, it, it wasn't the perfect performance because Rotherham did have their chances. Yeah. I've got, yeah. got chances written down for both sides on this but you know it, it was better and, that, and that's, that's the main thing. I think um, yeah, I, I, I think the Jose's there's, there's clearly been an improvement, but I mean, it was impossible to get any worse than what we had. Seen. No, agreed. But I think that the really frustrating thing for the last couple of years when I've watched Charlton in the Championship is, especially when we're at home as well, is we let the opposition play. We mm. don't give, we don't, we give them too much time and too much respect, and we have done for way too long. 
And I think the only time it's happened over the last couple of years was lose on in that really good run at the end of last season. Was suddenly we were at home and we were when we didn't have the ball, we were we were pushing forward. We were attacking, you know, yeah. attack, attacking the players, trying to put the challenges in. And then you get the fans on side, and then you do get the ball back quicker, and then you're able to go and get on the counter attack. That's the one thing we haven't done for a long, long while. So it was good, good to see that yesterday, and that's obviously you know, reached its rewards because we're getting more of the possession and making chances. Tim Jackson says Riga comes in, cousin again goes from good to extraordinary overnight. They just click. Was my man of the match? Ran the game. I think you know, everyone talks. Every player in in every team is a confidence player, but some perhaps show it more than others. And I think even like people have said that Jordan's struggled this season. He's not been in his usual self. But yesterday, I mean, there's a couple of glorious through balls. Or oh, he. he, he Jordan Custers will never stop Harry in the opposition. He's always flying into challenges. He always has been. But I think his, his outball yesterday has certainly improved, and that's, that's a big thing for him, I think. Well, once again, he's kind of been sitting at the, at the kind of back of the midfield and playing the little sideways passes and not really been given the freedom, I don't think, to go and play his natural game, which is a real box-to-box. Box. Um, I think Riga set up, really, knowing that, yes, we're going to you know, probably concede a goal and, and Rotherham will have chances, but we'll have an opportunity to attack. So it seemed like the midfield were playing a little bit further forward and that Lennon and Texiera were just having to deal with that, really, um, which let Cousins go further forward. And, and, you know, he showed that with that ball through to Goodmanson that he can actually play a lovely through ball, um, which we don't have enough, no you know, create creativity from the middle. So that was good to see. Yeah. Early in the second half, we survived a couple of scares, particularly when Danny Ward cut in on his left foot. I mean, you would have seen this on the, on the highlights. A glorious curl mm-hmm. effort, curling effort from where, from where I was sitting. That was going right in the top corner. And Hendo's pulled out a wonderful save, tipping around the corner. Um, Henderson, obviously, he's admitted himself he, he hasn't had the best of seasons. Um Got a foot onto the goal yesterday. I think one on ones, you some you might be it would be, probably be a bit harsh. I think to say do better than that. What? But when when you get something to it, perhaps you'd wonder. But he certainly made two or three wonderful that, saves yesterday, and that's that and gonna, the Becchio save. Yeah, the header. Becchio yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, that, yeah. That was a particularly impressive. So that, that's that's good news for him. I mean, as the confidence returns to the side, obviously, hopefully, it's going to return to the goalkeeper as well. And you know, if we, if we cut out that one or two goals he's letting in accidentally every two or three weeks and that that will just push us up slightly more yeah he's someone i actually wanted to pick up on if you hadn't mentioned him already because obviously we scored four goals and the story's always going to be about those goals but i thought uh, granted i only saw the highlights but you look at the the claim he made and then the quick break and the decision to roll it out and like you say the two good saves he made and that's maybe just a, a hint of that confidence coming back and Again, we saw it a little bit last week. Obviously, with Teixeira in there last week, he was arguably our best player last week as well and sort of shoring up the defence. And again, it's just that solidity, just slowly creeping back into the side and resembling a championship side as opposed to, you know, guaranteed relegation, which is how it's felt the last couple of months. Now, that um, that third goal, the, the one that gives us the two-goal cushion, it, it was so, so important. It came at Johnny Jackson had a free kick, which looked like it was... Heading for that top corner is perhaps slightly too central, and, and uh, the goalkeeper Lee Camp managed to get a finger onto it and over the bar. But he, so he made a great save there, but he let himself down from the following corner because um, it was a really weird bit of movement from the goalkeeper. He started as if he was going to start coming out, and from where I where I was sitting, I thought he'd actually come out completely missed it but it turned out he, he took about two steps off the line then just went back and thought no I'll just leave it to that, that huge striker to head into my goal actually and, I mean, and then we, we were saying Mackinock heads it into, into the goal that, there's, there's the third goal there's the, uh, the bit of daylight and all of a sudden I was thinking right that's it and then within four minutes the softest penalty that Keith Stroud actually no, that might be a bit doing it over, overdoing Nor- it a bit because, normal for Stroud yeah because he gives away soft penalty yeah. a very very soft penalty it's, um, it's Johnson Clark Harris goes down under pressure from uh, Toshida Toshira or whatever his name is we'll get there in the end yeah Toshira he goes down and it was the, the lightest bit of pressure and obviously um, 
Stroud, uh, as Terry said on the commentary, he obviously he was so desperate to send McKeenock off, but he couldn't do it because I mean, he admits to McKeenock when he blew the whistle for the foul, he admits it wasn't a foul. That's such a weird one. But so he's so desperate to do something, and he gives a ridiculous penalty. And um, obviously Johnson Clark Harris, who'd come off the bench and. He, he was trying his best, God bless him, but he missed a hell of a lot of chances he did. And he's fired that one over the bar. And there's a wonderful, wonderful video from behind the goal that I retweeted earlier. And I'd love to retweet it from the Chatham Live account, but it's the most sweary video I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, so if you get, get on my Twitter account and try and have a find of a, a video of that. But, you know, that going over the bar confirms for me that it was going to be our day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, I, I was following it, I think I followed it on Twitter and I was about five minutes behind and then I had a look and it was Rotherham penalty. Oh, you, you're kidding over the bar get in <laughs> fabulous I mean I, I didn't yeah hmm. that that with 15 minutes to go that could have been scary oh, but, you know, if that goes yeah. in I, I don't care if it's Riga or Fry Luzon or Alan Kerbisley you know 3-2 with 15 minutes to go is always going to be hairy yeah. so the fact that that went over you think yeah we're, we're, we're going to be comfortable I think I, there was um, you could probably hear it on the commentary and it was picked up yesterday by Laura who, who was tweeting into to Terry that there, there was right next to where we were were the very angriest of, of Rotherham fans I remember they were like this last season as well when they actually played okay against us in a one-all draw but they hated everyone they hated the ref they hated their own team their own manager Obviously, they hated us. They were giving stick. George and Ollie, who were the club official team, obviously had Charlton coats and hats on and stuff. They were giving them when Rotherham equalised. When they like, he went down the stairs to give him stick. Apparently, um, George just gave him a very subtle like looked at him when we <laughs> scored. <laughs> uh, and you can yeah, you can hear him shouting, and, and that was so funny. So when when that penalty went over, and that was such a relief. I mean. Even I was going, you come out under my breath, sort of. Like, <laughs> so we're lucky we didn't get beaten up, really. Uh, and, and then we see it off with the fourth goal. And uh, Adam O'Lookman coming back from injury and only needs to be on the pitch for a couple of minutes because obviously he's going to score. <laughs> yeah, it's obviously great for him. But in some ways, it would have been nice if he just had a bit of a quiet cameo at the end. But obviously, a couple of days before the end of the window, hopefully we'll get through that and get him tied down to a long contract. But yeah, he's obviously great to see him back because he's obviously had this injury and... He'd got, what, three goals in, in three or four games, Eddie? And, uh, yeah. yeah, was looking good. So, yeah, again, uh, it's difficult because we don't want to get on the back of one win too much, but it's just been so long since we've had one. It's just a, such a relief. And, you know, Mackinac back in form, Lookman back on on the team, Birdditch back in form. There's lots of positives to take from it. but It's how we back it up, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, we've now got to go again. He's got to work him hard in training this week because, again, Bristol City next weekend, irrespective of this result, is massive again. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, yeah, obviously great to see him back and great for him to get another goal and show that that form's still there. Our very own Nathan uh, is uh, not here tonight because I understand that he got to bed. He was uh, he was uh, up in Leeds for the weekend and he got to bed at five o'clock this morning, <laughs> celebrating the win. I, I saw him. I saw him in the ground. He said uh, Mac was untouchable. They couldn't handle all the boo boys. Stick that in your pipe and smoke it. Uh, also thought that Zach played uh, very well. Matthew Vine says McKeenock has been. Involved massively in all five wins, especially yesterday, Hull and Wednesday. Doesn't get the praise he deserves. We certainly got a fair bit of praise on tonight's show. Right, let's um, hear another man giving some praise. Jose Riga uh, came out to speak to us yesterday. Um, and obviously I asked him about the game, as you would. But I've also asked him about some other important things here. So I wanted to know about the Tony Watt situation. I wanted to know about the Reese Oxford situation. I want to know about Vaz Tay. Sounds like Vaz Tay's off if you listen to the interview. So this is what Jose had to say after yesterday's fantastic 4-1 win against Rotherham. Jose, four-one win here at Rotherham. How big a three points is that for your t- for your team? Yeah, sure. We we knew before the game that it was, uh, of course, an important one because you can get three points and against a direct opponent is, of course, very important. Uh, we were looking for something. We had a plan also in our in our head, and um, 
with the commitment of, of everybody. And I speak about the staff, I speak about the player, I speak about the fans, of course. We did very well. So, of course, I'm pleased. Now, we must be realistic also. It's only the second step <laughs> that we do in the right direction. But uh, it's a step with big important about the mental, about uh, the sphere all around. I mean, not only the player, the squad, but also... Yeah, for all the clubs. So, yeah, I'm very pleased with not only the result, but we, the way we, we get this result. Yeah, this is a Charlton side that has perhaps sort of struggled after suffering setbacks recently, perhaps conceding a goal. And obviously, Rotherham equalised today, but the Addicts came back into it. Was there, have you been working on sort of the mentality since the time that you've come here? Yeah, of course, you can do nothing uh, if you don't have this kind of, of belief, of, of will, of commitment and... Yeah, we, we work on it, but not only with comments, with discussion. We work on it on the training. It's some point to, to, to try to, to emphasize some, some, some strength that we have individually and collectively. And we work on it. I'm pleased because today we score on set pieces, which, which is also the job of, of part of the staff. The staff, sorry, goalkeeper did his job very well, which is also the, the job of the goalkeeper coach. So... I mean, each line uh, on the field did a great job, and even the mentality on the bench. When you you are player on the pitch and you feel that the one sitting on the bench push you to do something, that's the best commitment. But again, again, uh, I enjoy today and tomorrow. We think about the future because uh, still a lot of game to to win. Oh, and I don't want to, to pronounce the, the, the word to lose. <laughs> uh, Simon McKeonock is a player who's struggled with confidence perhaps at times this season. Two goals for him today, obviously thrown in with Tony Watt going off on lane. So a, a, big, a big day for him to try and take his chance and, and he's taken it. Yeah, you know, sometimes you, you don't see the same player with, with a little confidence, with trust, with, with the support of the, of the team, of the, the staff. So uh, he showed today why he was in, in Charlton. So... Hope that the next game will bring us the same, the same player. But I'm sure that about the mentality, he has a good one. Yeah. Uh, I mentioned, of course, there about Tony Watt going off on loan. You said uh, in the press conference a couple of weeks ago that if Tony Watt had the right mentality, he'd be staying. Is this a sign that perhaps he wasn't in the right mentality to stay? I don't speak. I don't use, I think, the right mentality. I just uh, said, if I remember well, that uh, I know the quality of Tony Watt and all the player, but... The first thing is to will to do something for, for us and to stay with us and, and, and to compete with us. And it's what's not exactly the idea of Tony, so I cannot push him. <laughs> I push players to give the best for China. I respect his decision, you know, with everybody. But behind me, I want really players who want to do uh, the same and, and sharing the same idea. In a similar vein, we haven't seen Ricardo Vazte in the squad for the last couple of weeks. Do you explain where he is? Oh, we'll see, we'll see. We have uh, one or two days uh, before the end of uh, transfer window, so we'll see. Um, just the same situation, let's say, so we'll see what happens. I understand he's been linked with some Turkish clubs. Perhaps. Yeah, maybe, maybe. You know, I'm just focused on, on the player, as I told you, really committed with, with the club. And I respect all the choice, you know. I arrive in a situation, I have just to manage this situation, so... I want nothing wrong about the player, but that the situation, I understand both. I mean, the interest of everybody. But what I'm sure, 
that on the bench, on the pitch, and even at home, we need players who want the same that I want for Charlton. With uh, obviously what leaving and Vazte potentially leaving, do you think that leaves you with enough strikers? Have you been speaking to Roland de Chatelet to try and persuade him to let you buy some more strikers or bring some in? Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, that's reality. If if Vazte leaves, we are looking for another one because we don't have so much now. And uh, <clears throat> most important is to try to to do less mistake as possible with the transfer, which is not easy in this period. But uh, yeah. We hope, we hope that the same on the pitch <laughs> about the transfer to do, to do the correct job. Okay. Uh, it was reported during the week that Reece Oxford, the, the West Ham youngster, was due to come and join the Addicts, um, and then that fell through, and some places reported that, that you were the one who blocked that. Can you confirm if that was true? I tried to make less mistake as possible. And then is, is there any it's reason why... It's not about the quality of the player. It's just about, I look to my, my, my squad, my team, and I try to, to know exactly what I need really. It's not about the quality of the play. Thank you. Jose, the result was huge, of course, but uh, as huge, perhaps the, the performance and the commitment of the, the players, as you said, both on the pitch uh, and on the bench. Yeah, you know, that's the only way we can do something. And, it, and it's not only for Charlton, it's for any team. You know, my, my way to see the thing is that we have to be the, the best team in terms of commi commitment, collective, sharing the same idea, repeat the same, because it's true. Then after you can see the individual qualities. But okay, what we, we did today, we have to do it many times. So we have just to, to have in mind that we can do it first. We can still improve some, some part of the game, uh, the way we master, but it's only a step. And... What the player have to know also that I cannot do it with uh, 17 games with only the 11 who start. So the other one are very important, very important. In two games, we go to a week with three games a week, so it, it can be difficult. We need everybody. And I'm not stupid. I will use the one that I'm, uh, I'm, I'm convinced that it will help the team. At any moment. One of the key things uh, you mentioned about strikers uh, just now is that uh, with Vettikeli um, coming back in and looking sharp, Adamola Lookman coming back in, both scoring today, it's almost like having two new signings. Yeah, absolutely. And, and maybe later with uh, Alou Diara, we never know. And that's what I, I said. And when you, you have some question about the transfer, I think maybe the best one will be the one who came back from... from in Germany, but you know, that's not the reason why we don't have to do another transfer because it's not to add a body and or to add a problem in my group, it's to add some solution, and that's why I'm looking so so close to try to find the right profile. Well, congratulations on today, and uh, thank you. Good luck with that. Thank you very much. You've had a history of improving players when coming in here. So, last two years ago, Marvin Sordell, Dio Poyet. Today, we've seen Mackie Nock, Betakele, Burdich, players who really weren't really considered beforehand coming in under you playing. What have you kind of said to them to get them back? That's my secret. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, it's not with one word. I mean, we try, and I try always to, to get the best from each of them. And I'm sure there is something good in all of the men. <laughs> so that's the way. But after, it's not only, as I said, words. It's also find a way.
to put them in, in the right position, okay? But not only themselves for the team. That's, that's the way. But I, I think what I say to always to the player, I can give you a lot, and we can give a lot as well. I'm not alone. The first team is my team. Even with the physio, everybody. If we want the same, then we can drive the other team, the other squad, bigger, in the direction that we want. So I share a lot. I explain what I'm looking for in a way that everybody can understand. And then after, it's up to them. Yeah, and previously you've talked about improving the bond between supporters, players, coaches. Today, when in the second half, when they started singing your name, how could, did that feel for you? Yeah, I'm happy, I'm happy. But if they, <laughs> they shout my name and we don't have the result. <laughs> so, of course, of course. They, they know me. I mean, I'm here to do something for the club. I'm not for my own interest. My job is to try to manage. And again, I'm not alone. I'm not uh, exceptional. I mean, I need to, to, to give the right message to anybody because I need everybody. And I know that Charlton is professional in the way they work. is the staff and everybody. So if I can put something more and add something more, that's what I want to do. But not too much uh, complimentaries because <laughs> the way is still very, very long. What do you think about his shot? No, he tees up Lookman into the penalty area. And there's number four. Adamola Lookman back in the team, back on the pitch and back on the score sheet. Welcome back to Charlton Live here on a Sunday evening. That was Jose Riga talking about uh, yesterday's win over Rotherham. Um, and obviously asking questions about the uh, transfer situations. Tony Watt and Vaz Tay in particular stood out for me because to me it sounded like he effectively said that neither of them were up for the up for the battle. Sounds like it, doesn't it? Yeah, and um, yeah, he talked about that. I seem to remember him talking about that last time he was here as well, that he wanted players that cared and you know looked like they wanted to play for the club and be honest that's part of what the fans have been crying out for for a long time and yeah we're starting to see that now and he seems to have given everyone from or most players anyway a clean slate and seen what they're they're up for and clearly made the decision that, that those two aren't prepared to to do that and you know straight away said well you're not going to be part of my plans then and you look at someone like Bird Ditch who again had dropped out of form if he's shown willing and shown enthusiasm and he's put that faith in him you can see how it's reaping the rewards now. Um, interesting tweet from Peter Pierce. It says, Vaste hasn't been much cop. Roger Johnson, did he play? Uh, the answer is no, he's on the bench. Uh, you completely forget that they're in the squad. Astonishing. And we look at this, the, the fact that these players are getting dropped out of the... Uh, of, what's so funny? Well, no, I was just thinking, he said about Roger Johnson. Yeah. He said, yeah. all, of, all of Carol Fry's January signings, Boyette yeah. and Johnson on the bench, and Williams yeah. is nowhere to be seen. Yeah, well, William, up, Williams has gone back to Borough. Oh, he has? Yeah, he's gone back to... He's, I think his loan was due to end... Thanks for that. Must have been Thanks been for that spell, Reese. Yeah. Really yeah. enjoyed that. Yeah, his yeah. his uh, loan was due to end early on uh, this week, but I think we just got rid of him, so... It just sums it up, doesn't it? Really? Yeah, um, but uh, yeah. So, but yeah, um, we saw it last time. Obviously, Chris Powell uh, 
potentially, well, he, he said it himself, actually. We, we, if we get time, we'll talk about the Chris Powell Talk Sport interview. Um, he said that he was asked to play certain players, as we all knew, but he's finally come out and, again, confirmed it. Um, Jose come in, and he hardly played any of the, those those players anyway. We never saw Turan, I think, if under him. If the only not, two were Reza and, um, Reza and Ajarovic. Uh, Ajarovic, yeah. yeah. And um, so he, he seems to have done the same thing here. As Pete's... Um, Tweet next tweet he says it feels like a, a new start. He almost says he's, he's come out and he's cleared out the players he doesn't want and the ones that he feels aren't shouldn't be here. So that's a real slagging off of the signings that we've. Made. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Made in, in January. Well, the, the tone, there's only what, you know, that's been going on for a while now, isn't it? And it does, that doesn't seem like anything's changed there. And um, obviously that's it. He'll, he'll be a Blackburn um, for, the, for the foreseeable future. The Vaste one's interesting because Vaste, that Brighton game and the, the Birmingham game um, and the, you know, there was a couple early on you thought, yeah, that's a really, really good signing actually. Um, you know, the experience he's got. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm surprised that his kind of attitude's just wandered already, if that's the case. Dropped off massively, didn't it? Yeah. I remember Wolves on, was it just after Christmas? I don't think it was Boxing Day. Was it here on the Monday after yeah. Christmas? And I thought he was really poor then. But he was being played out of position. And then since then, he hasn't really had much chance since then. So I don't know if that's kind of part of it. But, you know, with McKeanock up front and Igor now coming back to fitness, he's going to struggle to get a place up there anyway. So yeah. it, if he if he does go, I mean, we still do need one more then if if Vazquez yeah. goes. Oh yeah, certainly. And, and Jose yeah. mentioned there that he's. I asked him if he's going to try, and he said certainly that he's going to. He's, he's, he's spoken to Roland about it, and, we, and yeah, you've got one day left. That's the problem. I mean, we we always seem to mess around and leave this transfer business too late, and that's that's cost us so many times. And then because you you're struggling on on the last day, of the January transfer window, that is when everyone knows you're desperate. Yeah. The prices go up and the dross. I get the feeling if we do bring in someone, it won't be a uh, it won't be a permanent, will it? Really? No. Oh, well, unlikely. Especially with all the loans. I mean, uh, who was that Arsenal player? Gnabry. Gnabry. We no, with, yeah, yeah, that we're being linked with as well. He's I, a winger. I think he's a winger. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's a so. winger. So we're linked with him as well, uh, which is interesting. The new shop. VFF on the Chapman Life forum says, "Listen to the show. Great to talk about a win. It seems like a long time since the last victory. It's because it is. Uh, I like Riga, diplomatic and up front. Uh, definitely need another striker so that Betakele can be rested and the strikers rotated. Definitely need to avoid the previous scenario where Igor had to play on injured due to only one decent striker when Peters was in." This is where injuries to key players can be avoided. Glad Riga is ensuring that only players up for the fight are at the club. Yeah, and that's exactly what we needed. We've needed a manager that's strong enough to stand up to it. And that's that's the way that this, this system might work, is, is to do that and to stand up for it and make your own decisions as the manager. And Riga seems prepared to do that. And uh, yeah, if, if that continues and, and he gets people playing for the club and that's, they're the people he's prepared to play them, you know, like I say, he might start to turn this around. Yeah, Lewis Wheeler says, arguably Bauer being the best centre-back, I think Teixeira 
Tashira and Lennon together have been solid. Should Bauer go straight back in? Yep. Yeah, you believe so? Over Bauer Lennon? And Tashira for yeah. me. Yeah. I think yeah. Lennon's done well and he's deserved to come into this first team. But um, I think playing week in, week out mm. at this level, I think he just needs a bit of a rest. I, w- I will point out that there's been a couple of games recently, including yesterday, where one of his mistakes has cost us yeah. a goal, yeah. which is why you know he's learning. He's learning. We, we exactly. do kind of put the blinkers on a little bit when yeah. it's one of our youth yeah. players. Yeah, exactly. And, and, yeah. Yeah, that's not saying he's a bad player. He's actually done really well we, and scored a couple of crucial goals. Mm-hmm. Isn't he? We were even saying it about Lookman, though, that he needed a rest and yeah. we couldn't put all the pressure on him and look how good we think he's going to be. So even yeah. someone like Lennon, just, just give him a break. For a couple of games, if, if we get, get the chance, if you can get Bauer and Diara in back back quickly, I know Bauer's going to be a little while, but I don't know what the situation is with Diara. But if you could bring them two in, and suddenly the squad looks a bit stronger. Yeah. We have been let's let's face it, we've had an awful season, and there's been a lot of factors in that. But injuries have been horrific, absolutely yeah. horrific, and the squad hasn't been big enough to, to deal with that, of course. But, but we've the, really struggled there. When you, when you look at it, perhaps the type of players we had been signing in terms of inexperience coming from European and in some cases he'd been out with injuries for long times which is why they're cheap that's probably why we're picking up injuries and maybe there was some problem I know we've done a lot of double sessions since Riga's Riga's come back and Mm. I'm not saying he has to do that all the time but maybe the fact that because we've brought in a lot of European players who haven't been playing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Mm. Tuesday and all you know it's a it's a one hell of a physical league, isn't it? Yeah. That doing this double sessions and getting them up to speed again really will, um, will, will, will really give us a good chance maybe, over the uh, second half of the season. Maybe Riga's making up for the fact that he got no time to do any training last time because well, we were playing <laughs> yeah. every yeah. single week. So now he's <laughs> now he's doing, doubling up. Right, uh, Lewis uh, continues to say, one thing I saw with Simon yesterday, McKeanock, is that he was uh, much more aggressive than usual and threw himself around a lot more than usual. Right, let's uh, let's hear about the man that Lewis is talking about there. Simon McKeanock came out to speak to, to, to us after yesterday's game, obviously scored two wonderful goals. Um, you'll hear some random shouting about three or four minutes in. That's Johnny Jackson, who decided to come and shout at us and film us on his phone. Uh, I don't know why, but yeah, let's hear what Big Mac had to say after his wonderful performance up in the New York Stadium. Simon, uh, a massive 4-1 victory today, uh, a huge win for the team. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, we, we knew how important this game was and we, we've been talking about it all week and, and it was a six-pointer game and for us, even a, even a draw wouldn't really make it. We needed three points today to, to like close a little bit of this gap uh, that was here. So, massive win and massive team performance uh, today. We've seen in recent weeks, perhaps, when, when, when the team suffers a setback, like conceding the goal, they struggle to, to find their confidence after that. But after Rotherham equalised today, Charlton sort of got back on it and, and managed to score again. What's, what's, what's Jose Riga done that's different to, to perhaps what the previous managers have done? It's hard to say. Uh, he, 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 will, he will try to put his way of, of playing into the team and he, he wanted to give us some some keys how, how we can do it and how we can stick together and, and do it in these situations even if we if we if the game is, is equal or are we behind or we're in front that we have to like keep going and, and keep playing our game and we know it will be a, it will be a tough game today it will be an intensive game with with the atmosphere and the importance of the game but I mean he, 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 he sort of give us some some solutions what we can try to stick to in the games and, and I think it went well today. Uh, from a personal point of view, two goals today, a cracking finish for the first one. How did that feel for you? It felt good, of course. Uh, I had been sit out for the for the last couple of games, and of course, it was important for the team to get a get a good start to the game, and I think that helps us a lot as well. And, and for me, I was happy to help the team that way, and, and also the second goal. I mean, it's it's always it's always good to get get a two point ahead, uh, two goals ahead in, in these sort of games. I will, I will, 
maybe crack the other team a little bit. So, yeah, very important, I think. A slightly worrying moment after you'd already had a yellow card and then you, you made what seemed to be a fair challenge from where we were and the, and the referee called you over. Were you worried you were going to get sent off there? Uh, I wasn't worried because I knew I just tackled the ball. And I, I think maybe the referee got a, a little bit carried away with the, with the fans, maybe wanted me to send off. But there wasn't anything in that duel. And, I mean... He, he said to me that, that was a, it was a fair tackle, but I don't know why he, he gave the free kick. Uh, and then he told me that I, I should take care because um, maybe I was in, in, in too high intensity of, of the game. So the team, the team, well, I mean, uh, maybe it was best I got, I got off because I was, I was, I was, I don't know what you call it. I was, I was high. Sorry, I <laughs> saw so on the on the game. So yeah, it was, it was fine. Uh, a good, good support today from the Charlton fans. Your personal relationship with the Charlton fans, at times there's, there's been one or two who have been a bit perhaps harsh on you. Um, how, how do you feel your personal relationship is with the majority of Charlton fans? I mean, people, people have their, their opinions about me and uh, people have their opinions about the team and stuff like that. I'm, I'm, I'm not a person who get affected by, by even... I'm not getting carried away when they're, when they're cheering for me. I'm not getting... Uh, in a negative way when they're booing for me. I'm, I'm sort of focusing on, on my game and trying to do my best. And Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know what to say about it. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to do my best every game. Uh, had some good games, had some bad games uh, with this team. Uh, but, of course, I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm going to do my best. And, I'm, uh, and I, want, I really want to do everything for this club to, to get out of this situation. And, and that's what I'm focusing on. Yeah, I guess the three points today is the most important thing. It brings Charlton right back into it now in terms of staying up. And are the players still feeling confident that they can avoid the drop this season? Yeah, definitely. As Riga said when he came here, he wouldn't, he wouldn't have come here if, if he didn't thought we could do it. And... That's kind of that that uh, feeling he he gave to us players as well. So so I mean everybody believing in it and everybody think that we can do it together and then we gotta we gotta do it together because we can't really do it equally uh, as as one person. So we gotta do it together and and everybody thinks around this team we can do it. So so we're gonna do it. Thanks, Simon. Simon, an all action display from you today. I think uh, two goals. Uh, you had a lovely little set too with the Rotherham skipper as well. There was a lovely tussles going all over the place. You were winning every header pretty much that was going up there. You even had a go at the advertising audience. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it, it's been a good day for you, though. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I enjoyed it. Of course, it's not that I, it's not that I want to get in this situation where the where the every fans get 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 on me. But I mean, if that's that's what I have to go, as that will have to do before we can I can perform and stuff like that. It's, it's fine with me and. Uh, yeah, I think I think I won that duel with the with the skipper. I think he he tried to get in my head and stuff like that. But I think I closed his mouth with with scoring the second goal. Absolutely. I mean, which which type of goal? Uh, I mean, I know every goal is important, but uh, the second one with the header. Which one gave you the most satisfaction? Uh, definitely the second one. Uh, not not only because we came up with with a two goal difference, but but also because of what happened in the game and stuff like that. Of course, that that affects you in your head when you're playing the game. So. That was a good relief for me, I think. Is the, the type of performance, not, I mean, you put in, of course, but uh, across the whole, the whole team, it was a battling performance. It's the type of performance that probably we're, we're going to need every week uh, to get ourselves out of this. Is that, uh, is that how every player sees it going forward? I mean, as, as, uh, as, as a team, you, of course, you want to play good football and you want to, when you want to satis satisfy the, your audience and, and stuff like that. But 
you know when you're in the bottom you maybe not have the have the luck with you and you maybe have to have to struggle and fight a little bit more for the for the goals uh, both in both ends so so I, th- I think definitely that this is the way of, of getting out of this not 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 think that we can just play good football and and, 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 and avoid the tackles and stuff like that I think we need we need to get the tackles in first and and then when our confidence will, will grow uh, of, of these performances, I, I think we can start to play better football as well. I think that's the way around. You're playing alongside uh, Igor Vitekeli. You also seem to be back to uh, something like his best. That must be pleasing. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I've known Igor for many years and we played back in Denmark for, for different teams and, and always liked uh, his type of, of player. Uh, and now when, when we can play beside each other, I think we can, we can work out a, a good relationship and, and, and we sort of... Uh, know, know how to play with each other when we're two different types so so I think we both enjoy that and as I said you took on the advertising hoardings down on the on the touchline how is the, uh, the, the arm? <laughs> it's pretty sore right now and I think I shouldn't have done that uh, but yeah in the in the game uh, you you really want to do everything for just keeping the ball uh, keeping the ball in alive but yeah maybe it wasn't the best idea I did there it's pretty sore now but we got the win, and that's that's I think that will help me at this arm. Well, hopefully they won't send you the bill. Well done. No, thank you. <laughs> and who's uh, <laughs> Simon? Um, you talk about um, Riga helping the team or whatever, but how has he helped you personally? Because I know with Carol Fry you were kind of in and out of the team, but with Riga, how has personally has he helped you? Uh, I mean, now it was my first start and my first game under Riga actually. So so he sort of told me that. He, he he's seen me in training and he, he sort of told me go in and, and give your best and I know you can do it and uh, he he kind of he gave me the gave me the confidence of, of starting this game and of, for me personally I know I can do it and I've tried in I've tried with uh, former teams being in difficult situations and I think I'm I think I'm good mentally uh, strong of, of these situations so um, I'm, I'm, I was I was I was happy for 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 him to to like. Uh, put me on the pitch and of course I wanted to show him that he made the right decision and, and I think that worked well today. Antonio has gone now, um, you linked up well with him at the start of the season, now that he's gone would you like to see another striker brought in maybe to lift the pressure off you and Igor or would you thrive on that pressure? Uh, that's not up to me, uh, I'll do my best on the, on the pitch, I'll, I'll, I'll play, uh, I'll do my best whenever I come on, I'll play with whatever uh, is on my side and, and I'm, I'm going to do the best for the team, I'm going to fight the best I can for, for us to, to survive this and, and come out of this situation we're in, so that's not really anything I'm thinking about. And do you feel that you're back to your best? <clears throat> Uh, let's see next game. Uh, this this was my first game in I don't know three three games or something like that. So I just wanna I just wanna give my best and, and give everything and, and hopefully I can help the team that way. So am I still waiting for this world to stop hating? Can't find a good reason. Can't find hope to believe in. Great hurt drive. Can he get across into the middle? He can. There's Custers at the top post. Yeah! yeah! Custers at the top post. We're a goal yeah! in the 96th minute. Charlton Live. Welcome back to Charlton Live here on a Sunday evening. Uh, it's Louis Mendes joining me in the studio here. It's Tom Wallin and Paul Crisp. That was the big Mac, Simon McKeonock, uh, and, and very briefly, Johnny Jackson shouting at us as well, uh, talking after yesterday's game. And uh, he mentioned his arm, and uh, he was he was holding his arm the entire time like to the extent that we we couldn't put our hands out to even shake his hands when he came when he came to interview us because he, he looked to be in some pain like it was a bit sore so hopefully um hopefully nothing too bad on that because it'd be such a shame if he can't continue 
his run after that. Um, right, uh, a couple of tweets came in. Uh, Martin Lee says, have you heard any more about the Arsenal player that we want to take on loan? Uh, we haven't really, Martin. We're, uh, we're, we're trying to try and, and uh, keep on top of that. Um, Daniel Farmer says, um, it's, it's only one good game for McKeonock and he needs to make sure uh, he keeps it up. Mac had, he had one good game. How many to how many bad ones he needs to see more of yesterday before he's convinced and that, that is true it's not like I say it is one good game so. it's the same with the whole team isn't it you know it's, it's great that we've got that win and we got excited after that Sheffield Wednesday game we backed up at Birmingham and then we went up 11 games without one after so um, yeah but we, I think we were just speaking off air before the, the programme about the about February's five fixtures and you look at them and they're all they're all winnable I know one game makes you think oh yeah we could be anyone but they are all winnable Especially next Saturday, it's, it's huge, isn't it? So yeah. hopefully Max fit to uh, to do that next Saturday. Yeah, I think we'll be uh, previewing the Bristol City game on this Thursday's Big Match Preview podcast. Uh, comes out on a, on a Thursday evening on iTunes on our website. So make sure you tune in. Um, we want to hear, as I've already said, your emails and tweets. Studio at charltonlive.co.uk for the emails. Tweet us at charltonlive. We're talking about, obviously, yesterday's game. We also want to know when Charlton have won big unexpectedly. So obviously... We were hoping to get something yesterday. We weren't expected to win so big, uh, such a by big, such a big margin. So that was uh, your tweets, and if you've got any good memories of games that we've uh, won like that, but let's uh, let's hop onto the emails now. I think Chris Davin is the first one. He says, "Hi, people. It's Sunday morning, and I pinched myself that we won yesterday. I don't believe it. He, I assume he did that. He typed it out with loads of ease. So I assume he did that in his best. Uh, that guy, what's that guy? Victor Meldrew. Victor Meldrew. <laughs> uh, uh, impression from minute one. It was a. Uh, it was a solid performance from a Charlton side that oozed confidence. Everyone played their part, but special mention to the much maligned McEnoch. Not only did he lead the line superbly, but chipped in with two quality strikes. And like I said, I mean that, that finish for the first goal. Whoa, lovely jubbly. Uh, JBG was back to his best in a fit Igor, whom incidentally we tried to offload in the recent past, terrorised the Rotherham defence. Hopefully the idiots who have chosen to abuse Big Mac recently will leave him alone now. Sadly, I still saw ridiculous anti-Morgan Fox comments even after this 4-1 victory. And like I said, I mean, there were people who very quickly jumped to moan about Morgan for that for that goal that they scored where he was covering. He was covering. He was not out of position. He was covering. So I think that was extremely harsh. Um, it's great to wake up on a Sunday morning not dreading the Sunday papers. Uh, keep up the good work. Love Charlton Live as much, is as much, of a, as much part of a Sunday night as Call the Midwife is. Which is well, I and mean, that is high praise what an indeed. Honor. Yeah, what an honour. That's why I'm here, so I don't have to watch that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Robin Lisbon's the next one. He says, "Congrats on the four thousand followers. It's a great show. Thanks for that. We got four thousand followers on Twitter this week, which we're all very proud of." Uh, it says, "On the Rotherham game yesterday, I applaud the manager and the players for a great result. It's certainly a result to build on, and confidence is everything. Uh, well done all. Bristol City now, in my mind, could be the turning point where we either win and go on a run, or we draw and lose and have the wind." knocked out of ourselves and that is a huge huge game uh, off the pitch I was appalled by the so called fans forum and this is something we want to come on to so I'll, I'll bring it up now so we can start, start talking about it you know, the fans forum meeting was here at the Valley on Thursday night I think it was and they uh, they filmed it so it's up on the club's official YouTube channel you can watch uh, it's an hour and 40 minutes or so and you've got basically all the heads of the department here and a handful of about four fans uh, chatting things over and there's a few controversial I haven't what I really wanted to do was sit down this afternoon and try and rip some audio but I just hadn't had the time and plus I need ho- hopefully I'll be able to try and get some of that for next week read, read the notes and I think mm, I tweeted yeah. yawn yeah not impressed no no uh, and this this is what Robin says about it. He says, uh, it wasn't at all representative of the fans and for me looked weak, staged and incredibly amateurish. I predict most fans will support the card campaign and will continue to gather momentum despite any good results. Mary's lack of ability coupled with her attitude and body language as CEO is unlikely to win her back support. Like any business, this is about accountability. She has to go. I'm convinced pressure will finally see her fall, as will the regime. Charlton fans never give up. It's in our DNA. 
Um, there were, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a difficult one to talk about unless you've seen it. But the, I, I think with, with Katrine's body language, when she takes a question, she often sort of laughs about it. And she's, it's sort of her uh, body language. It, it can be misconstrued, can't it, about someone not really listening to what you're saying? Well, we, we walked past her on... Um... Saturday, didn't we? When yeah, she, last weekend. When she, she came through the fans on Saturday before the game, and she always says that it does feel like a bit of a smirk on the face at the time. So I don't know if that's her just uh, a nervous way of getting through, well, walking past fans at this moment yeah. in time, or, or answering questions about it when you know she knows that the um, the opinion of it is going to be still against her. So I, I don't, I don't know. It's, everyone's got their their mannerisms, haven't they? Really. Mm. Uh, right, Stephen Taylor says, Hi guys, good performances from all involved, including fans. Hendo, Jackson, Igor, Solly were quality. Big Mac, full of it. Not sure about celebration in front of our own fans, but sure wound out the home fans. Well, we've already said, I think, I think, considering he has been getting a lot of stick from Trump fans, some, most of it, I think, it, it should have worn off by now. If you thought he did have a bad game against Ipswich, and some people are going to sarcastically cheer him in the next game, it's not my style for certain. If, when, any, if anyone's still doing that on yeah. Saturday, then they're yeah. off their yeah. nut. But I think you need. To, I think uh, maybe even after one game, you need to draw a line under it, if, especially if he's winning every header, which is it's a bit silly. Um, it says cousins full of fight, but distribution poor, and that's where I disagree because there was one. I mean, I can think of he set up Johan's run for the second goal. There was another ball in that first half where he um, played it over the top, and it was just out the reach of Igor. Otherwise, he would have been free. So. To think, I thought um, I thought his distribution was okay. Uh, JBG back to somewhere near his best. Riga had support of fans. I think he's the best we'll get under the regime, and that's true. I yeah, mean, yeah. that is certainly true. It's and, kind of what we've been saying. Yeah, he, um, yeah, JBG, time. JBG with three assists yesterday. I mean, that's a man who hasn't been at his full strength this season. As has nobody, but yeah, he's certainly one. Um, certainly one who's improved. Uh, Bob Liskam uh, says, uh, "Jose Riga, baby. Oh, uh, what a difference a man uh, a win makes to your weekend." Any idea if Jordan Rose if Jordan Rose's failure to join Middlesbrough will affect the what deal? Because obviously Jordan Rose was all ready to join Middlesbrough, and that's fallen through now. Do a swap. Yeah, can come back. <laughs> yeah, if he could come here, we, we, if Middlesbrough weren't willing to pay his wages, I dare say we won't be able to either. But uh, it, it, in terms of why, it might make it interesting for him is the fact that he, I mean, I, I I wonder if Rhodes will still move on somewhere else tomorrow if someone will come in. Wouldn't surprise me. Newcastle, Newcastle just had a bid for Berahino yeah, rejected, yeah. haven't they? Have they? they? Yeah, yeah. twenty one million or something. So. Oh, so they've got a few quid spare then. If yeah, they want to try exactly. It. Um, so it might mean that Tony Watt's not quite getting the playing time he wants if Jordan Rhodes stays now. Because I don't know if Rhodes played yesterday, but Watt certainly scored, didn't he? Well, I I think think it's quite a tricky one for Watt himself, I think, because he's basically whatever has gone on here. It's, he's it's too late. Too, too late for him to come back here. Yeah, he's, exactly. He's yeah. Not in it. It's the, the idea is that we don't want him and he's gone to Blackburn. If Rhodes stays, he might not play so much there. So he might have dug himself a bit of a hole there. And he's definitely not one to throw his toys out the pram, is he? So. <laughs> no. Knuckle down and work hard. Yeah. Uh... Alex Rogan's tweets in Riga's press conferences are night and day from Fry's. Riga gets straight to the point and doesn't skirt around any issues. Uh, which, I mean, I noticed that the first time I spoke to him after the whole game, 6 0, he, at least he came out and, I, like, when he used to speak to Carol, like, every single question is right. Like, how, how can I make me sound good out of this? Like, when you need to be honest, you need to be honest. And, yeah. Let, let's face it, Carol, Carol was a mouthpiece, wasn't he? <laughs> you know, he was a mouthpiece of the, of the regime. Jose seems like he's. He's come in, well, potentially on his terms, hence why he might have got an 18-month deal where it could have been a, till the end of the season. Um, he's already turned down a player that was pushed forward to him potentially by the 
the ownership the, the ownership. So yeah, the, he's going to be honest in his uh, in his opinions, and that's what that's what we want. Really, we just want honesty, don't yeah. we? Yeah. TFT seven seven nine seven says nice to see Mac play well with Igor. Long time since a decent strike partnership. I guess you're probably looking at Watakeli last last season, weren't you? When they they yeah. started, even that faded away quite quickly. He says, forgive the ear cupping, but don't make it a habit. And I think yeah, he's, he's, the point's been proven now. I think the point has been proven from both sides now. The ones who were sarcastically cheering, I think that should have stopped after about one game. Yeah. You've, you've made your point now. And I think McKeenock's made his point. I'll shut you up now. And if yeah. he can continue, then uh, long long may that continue. Uh, right, back on to the emails. Uh, Matthias uh, Johnson, who I met up at Huddersfield, says, uh, Hi, gang. What a great win. Great to see Big Mac score twice. Still a lot of work to do uh, if we want to stay up. A great win. And to see Lookman score a first goal on his return back from injury. Great goals all round. Great day. Can anyone explain what Morgan Fox got booked for? Um, if I remember rightly, it was I think it was for time wasting. Um, it was about it was only it was only two one at the time. And I think we, he'd done really well to shepherd the ball out for a corner a couple of times. Then there was a throw in where there was some sort of disagreement over whose throw it was, and and then Charlton just took forever to take it. And Morgan had the ball in his hands, if I remember rightly, held it for ages, then gave it to someone else, and he got booked for that. Which, to be fair, like I I, I, did, I thought at the time it probably probably is a fair booking, but the club in, weren't sure. In regards to Fox, we were saying about the fact that he gets a lot of <coughs> a lot of sticks, sorry, um, and is still you know being scapegoated for the goal yesterday. He's one player that didn't he start? He, he got his debut under. Um, Jose Real just after. Sorry, he did get it with Powell, didn't he? But Reed yeah. played him the run in, and, and he, he played very well at the end of the end of that season. So once again, another man who's got confidence and who knows Jose Riga well, then then hopefully he's going to get back to where he was at that start of the season. You know, mm. that, that QPR game, we thought happy days. Morgan Fox going to be a world beater. But. Yeah, Matthias continues again, emphasizes the question why Jose Riga wasn't appointed as manager. I hope to see you at Hillsborough in March, and uh, I'm, I'm sure we will. That was. Um, yeah, that was uh, uh, that's where where he lives. So in Sheffield, so it's easy for him. Uh, Ken Sinyard, evening. Ken says, spot on by your fellow co-host. Two years lost, Ari Riga, and that's what that's what Tom said earlier. Uh, what are the views about the fans forum? Do you really think that Charlton want to communicate with fans? Because there seems little point in doing so if you do not listen to what they say. Hopefully, the new comms manager will be independently minded. Yeah, right. And welcome critical <laughs> but supportive fans. I do stress. Hopefully, um, I mean that's the point. I mean, if if you watch that that meeting, there's a lot of Fan, I mean, I've only seen clips, so I think I need to watch it fully before. But you know, you feel like, especially reading on the forum, there, there, there's so much emphasis on the point of we've spent twenty five million pounds since uh, uh, Roland spent twenty five million pounds since he's come in, and uh, you know that's like at the moment that'd be me like me playing. Oh yeah, you see that? Um, I spent a hundred thousand pounds on that new. Um, Aston Martin. Or yeah, no, like it's not there, but you've actually got a bloody Ford Focus or something. It's like because <laughs> you spent all that money, but we're still down the bottom of the championship. It's nothing to be proud of. I think the, the thing is, yeah, they can keep plugging on about that, but you know, it isn't going to matter if you're in League One or League Two. That, that's the issue. And the, the, the fans just want you know results on the pitch at this moment in time. That's the important part. So you can go on about the investment in the training ground, which of course is great. You know, it's brilliant, and the pitch looks brilliant. But if the pitch has got you know rubbish football and five nils and six nils and defeats all the time, then it's then everything else is just pointless. Yeah, you can't neglect the hiring of decent players and a decent manager to control those players. And that's where, for me, that's where the issue's been the whole time. No one's really criticised everything that he's done for, for the club in terms of the training ground, in terms of improving the stadium. I know jokes have been made about replacing the seats and painting the stairs, you know, but it all does help. But you can't neglect what's happening on the pitch because that's get, the most important thing. Just get rid of that sofa. Yeah, <laughs> please get rid of that sofa. You're not a fan of the sofa, I can't, I can't, I can't, no, yeah. I can't take it anymore. 
I've been looking out for it, whether it's actually been oh, against it. Oh, still there, yeah. don't worry. Yeah, it's being used. <laughs> Is there any danger that cars are going to get on it? And just... <laughs> that, that would be funny. Uh, Mark Newbury, Evening Chaps, he says, a, a, nice ev- a nice evening's listening tonight and hope uh, for many more for the rest of the season. So do we, Mark, so do we. Uh, the lending of Tony Watt could only be for him being a square peg in a round hole. Pure conjecture from me, but guessing Riga has spoken to a few people at the club. People who people who you would ask about him, and it's obviously come back negatively. Hence the loan. It's a pity as he seemed to be popular with the fans, but his selfishness on the ball probably not so much amongst his team. I can't see any more arrivals tomorrow, but more of our kids off on loans to lower teams potential. I don't know if there's, there's younger players could go. I mean, interesting question. Where, where's Tariq? Where is Tariq home centre? I, mean, I wondered that yesterday. He's on Twitter quite a lot. Is he? Yeah, but no, I, I, was, I was thinking that cause yeah. in regards to Morgan Fox, I think the reason why Fox is playing is because Riga knows him um, and has you know, experiences working. I think even Fry was playing him towards the end though, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. He was. But he needs someone pushing Tariq. him though. And at, at the moment, Tariq's that one to push him. So I think he needs to be around the squad still. It looks like Japalos is going to go out on loan, though, doesn't it? So that's yeah. an interesting one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right, it says, um, uh, All in all, a good weekend made all the better by our win, completing my accumulator. I don't endorse betting. And picking up a tidy 250 quid. Well, so, yeah, very good. What on earth are you doing betting that's on Charlton? That's what happens when you yeah. bet on Charlton. Yeah. Yeah. 250 to 1. Probably only win. put 10p on that. <laughs> uh, he says, he says, uh, he says uh, P.S. And don't forget that Mark is a, a chef at a high-end, I think it's Mayfair restaurant. Uh, he said, had Fat Sam in the guinea this week for dinner. I can confirm that he didn't order salad. So I'm guessing that's Big Sam Allardyce. Uh, and he he did not order a salad, which is uh, breaking news here on Channel Live. <laughs> uh, Nicholas Selby says, hi, guys. Can't believe we uh, we won uh, 4-1 yesterday. I thought I was dreaming, so did I. <laughs> uh, but we must build on that result with a win against fellow strugglers Bristol City at home on Saturday. I think, obviously, Riga has made an impact. Let's just hope because the transfer window closes tomorrow, we don't sell any of our best players, i.e. Lookman. I f- He's not going. All he's the noises, going, all the noises suggest that he's not going to go. The only thing I will say, I know he's on a contract for two years, so at the moment, so another year after this one, I understand. But the only thing I will say, there is a new contract on the table. Sign it, please. Don't mess around. Just sign it. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. That's the only thing that's got me slightly worried is the fact he hasn't signed it. I mean, all the noises coming out is that he's going to stay. He's probably the agent trying to get the best yeah. deal. He might it? just be seeing where we, what happens to us at the end of the season as well. Maybe, maybe if we're in the championship and he has a full season of yeah. championship football next year. If he then went in the summer and he proves himself next year and bangs 15 goals in, fair enough. If we drop down to League One, he might think, you know what, I might cut my losses and give it a go somewhere else. Hmm. So he might just be waiting for that. I, I don't think anyone else is going to go out, really. No. Um, I, don't, I don't see Vaz that. Vaz potentially. Yeah, no one of any note, I don't think. You tell Vaz that. It is true, though. If we can find him. Yeah. We are going to need all of our best players to try and get out of the relegation zone. Obviously, Tony Watt didn't want to stay with us anyway, nor does Vaz Tay by the sounds of it. Let's hope we can have back-to-back wins. It would be about time that's Nicola from Ainsford. It certainly would. I think the last time we had back-to-back wins was the last time we won the yeah. game, the, the Sheffield Wednesday and the Birmingham game. Talking about the Birmingham game, let's have a listen to this. is fed in, lovely touch, goes round his player, chips across the box, Jackson, oh yes, what a goal by Johnny Jackson, arriving late in the box, Holmes Dennis with a pinpoint cross, and the skippers give a Charlton the lead. Charlton Live. Yeah, welcome back, Charlton Live there, love listening to that one, of course, when, when Jacko got his 50th goal up at Birmingham earlier on in the season, 
uh, which was up until yesterday our, our latest win, <laughs> which is uh, worrying. Uh, right, um, I asked you at the top of the show and on Twitter sort of throughout the afternoon and the evening. Um, obviously, yesterday was a, a huge win uh, in terms of um, the, the sort of game it was, the, tight, the you know big game, six-pointer as you were, but the fact we won by so much, 4-1, I mean, 4-1's a thrashing. That's a big, that's a big margin. Uh, so I wanted to know that when else have we won by big margins, but completely unexpectedly? Uh, so I asked you that, and if you want to, there's still time to tweet your email in the studio at chaltonlive.co.uk. You can tweet us at chaltonlive, but these are the games we've got. So Steve Bridge uh, says, Barnsley nil, Charlton 6 in 2013 under Chris Powell. Yeah. I mean, this is, I think, we, this was a season we were sort of struggling, and then just towards the end of that season, we started picking up, and we looked like we, we were pretty certain we were going to be safe by that time. But 6 0. I mean, this was against Barnsley, who were tout- touting themselves as the next Barcelona at that, that point. That was the best one. Barnsley's <laughs> Flyers come and see the most entertaining team in the Championship. Yeah, and, and they, then, yeah, we were there. So. Yeah, we were, yeah, 1 6 0. Those were the good days, weren't they? Uh, Joe Rand says Arsenal away 4 2 at Highbury. We I mean, can't, can't go wrong can't there. Can't do that. Uh, uh, Danny says Cardiff at home. I, I assume he's re- referring to the five four. So that's not actually a massive margin. That's what was unexpected. Yeah, it was certainly unexpected. Seeing we'd lost four one at home to Middlesbrough the, 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 a few days before, and people were saying that Chris Powell's job was on the line. Yeah, mm. yeah. How how times have changed. Uh, Scott McCulloch says Arsenal away, and then he says uh, first games of the season versus Southampton away. Uh, I think Southampton home in the first. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And then he put away to Man City. I think is this one? Yeah, we won. Yeah, beating four nil. Yeah, Yeah, those good days. I remember that. um, I think we went away to Man City and won four one at Mayfair. Yeah, yeah, same season. Yeah, yeah. 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 We um that that Southampton game was our first home game in the Premier League. Um, and obviously that was since since it turned to the Premier League. I think our first home game in top flight football. First one in the Valley for like forty years, but first one in in top flight football for probably about eleven, twelve years. And uh, we were on holiday. Uh, and this was back in the day before the internet and all this. This was 1998, of course. So, yeah, so the only uh, we were due to fly home on the Sunday, and the only way you could we could find out the score was obviously like when you're on holiday, you can get the you can get the paper two days after. So we were on, on Sunday still wherever I was on holiday. There was the paper wasn't up to date yet. So, but we got on the plane and they had papers on the plane. And Dad was like, "All oh, right, give me that, give me that." And he looked and he looked at it. He opened the paper. And he looked across to us and he was like, "Oh dear, all right, okay." Southampton nil, Charlton five. <laughs> what? <laughs> You're joking? Like, I never expected us to be. I was, I was there. At a very great, established great Premier League team. I can imagine Mendonca hat trick. Sat, sat behind the goal in, yeah. the, in the covered end when yeah, Mendonca hat trick. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a bad day, is it? Yeah, yeah. Could, could be worse. Uh, Sam uh, Darborn says Chelsea Boxing Day 2003. Yeah, uh, yeah. and uh, Matt Wright says, and this is relating to the game uh, we've just mentioned. Actually, he says four uh, one at Man City in 2000. Days after we lost five nil. Boxing Day to West Ham, where Kins, uh, Kinsella was injured, uh, Parker was recorded, and Jensen scored that that tackle goal. I mean, yeah. we spoke about that because we spoke, we speak about oh Klaus Jensen. We talk about when we were doing Santa Klaus, weren't we? Oh, that was it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a few weeks ago, that was a, that was a fun day, and yeah, that was a great goal. I, I seem to remember a couple of West Ham games, which were like I think were like four twos. And, and yeah, there was a great, there was a really good one here. Yeah. Parker ran. Yeah, the yeah. Show. yeah. Parker yeah. and Boya had this running battle throughout the whole game. Yeah. Jensen scored a great free kick in that, and, and um, Kishishev scored. <laughs> Kishishev scored, and the year, the first year in the Premier League, so the year of the Southampton game, I think we we, we beat them four two down this way as well. I think it was like yeah. Redfern, Andy Hunt in the. In the Piddling rain, so uh, yeah, that was a good one as well. Uh, see, football can be fun, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, oh, Martin Lee sent the same question, and then uh, Frankie Collins says uh, Peterborough five uh, one away win in League One, and that was a crazy. They were falling up at half time, so I came so close to not going to that game as well because I've been out the night before. I complete. I was really hungover, and I was due to go to the game on my own as well. So I really can't be bothered to drive. But I made a last minute decision. I'm going to go. I'm going to go, and yeah, that was brilliant, brilliant day. 
Uh, Peter Pearce says the 4 0 against West Ham, and that's a good point, in fairness, because you can imagine like this was yeah. a relegation battle. You're not expecting to win that one. Yeah. Uh, so big Mark, uh, Max Skull says as an American supporter who was only around for the 2006-7 season I have excellent memories of wrecking West Ham 4-0 uh, at home towards the end of the year far and away the most fun day out of my six months in the UK so I'm, I'm interested in you Max so you're obviously a, a, a listener by the sounds of it he's only ever been around for a, a few months so if you can let us know your story Mac about how you're still supporting Charlton if you're only in the UK for a few months that'd be wonderful and, to and hear and of all the seasons that have gone and still kind of followed yeah. it from there then fair yeah. play to you yeah, yeah exactly uh, Phil Leslie says Barnsley nil, Charlton 6 we were certainly capable of beating them but at the time and uh, at the time but by this margin uh, a Bradley Pritchard tapping Johnny Jackson striking Jan Kermigan header putting the addicts ahead the long range Callum Harriet shot that skirmed through the tights keeper Luke Steele before the home side had Stephen Dawson red card for that tackle on Kermigan. Um, Salim Kirk and Ricardo Fuller strikes either side of Tom Kennedy being sent off completely in the route. Salim Kirk. I was just going to say, I remember I mean, that, that Now that is unexpected. Salim yeah. Kirk. I remember starting that, I, again, told off the next day as well by Sue, if she's still listening, because I don't think she didn't realise when she was moaning about it who started these songs, but I started at 4 0. Uh, 4 0 and even Pritchard scored, and then I changed it to 5 0 and even Kirkhouse scored, and Sue <laughs> thought that was taking the mix. Sue will be unhappy. Carl Andrews would be unhappy. Oh, about I, that, but I like, Pritchard, I like Pritchard. Well. Pritchard. I like Pritchard, but he wasn't a goal scorer, was he? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I was a big Pritchard fan. I was very happy to see him score. He scored, a, I think, three times that season, if I remember. He scored at home to Brighton. I was going to say Brighton. Yeah, home. away at Barnsley there, and he scored away at um, Middlesbrough after about 30 seconds. Yeah, yeah good old Pritch. I haven't seen him in Nando's in Beckenham for a little while, though. Uh, last time I saw him there, I couldn't tweet about it because I was bunking off work at the time. <laughs> Another <laughs> exclusive on Charlton. Yeah, I was, I was supposed to be. I was supposed to be on training, a training course at work that was supposed to last all day. It finished at eleven o'clock, and I just went home. <laughs> and me and me and a friend went to Dave Carter. Me and a friend we went to uh, we went to Nando's, and Bradley Pritchard went in. And Dave's not a Charlton fan; he didn't care. I was like, "It's Bradley Pritchard." <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then um, uh, Phil carries on. He says, "Southampton five, uh, Charlton five, Southampton nil, nineteen ninety eight at the Valley." A somewhat established Premier League side would have been odds-on to beat playoff winners Charlton Athletic, right? Wrong. An early goal from John Robinson before the current Rotherham boss, Neil Redfern, got on the score sheet. Finished off by a second-half Clive Mendonca hat-trick. This rounded off a result that sent us to the top of the uh, table in our debut season in the Barclays Premier League, which ultimately ended in relegation. The funny thing about that, uh, my birthday's in August, so at the time, I think... At the time of my birthday, we were top of the of the the table in the Premier League. So my mum baked me a cake that said, uh, "Charlton Athletic, best team in England." <laughs> Uh, we ate that and then it all went downhill. <laughs> Southampton finished the match with 10 men as Paul Jones was dismissed 25 uh, minutes from time. And that's from Phil uh, Jibbles. I think he's Jibbled on Twitter. He's a new new guy on Twitter. I've noticed him uh, tweeting. He's going to he's gonna sort me out something cool, actually. It was, uh, look for, he's going to bring me a little something that we're going to try and give away on the show. A little framed shirt, hopefully. So nice. you'll hear about that in, in a few in a few uh, weeks' time, hopefully. I hope that happens now. Otherwise, you yeah, can set it up to yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Peter, Peter, oh, no, we've done that. Lisbon says, uh, don't forget, home to Chelsea, Boxing Day 4-2. Best Xmas present uh, ever, and uh, Sue Gallup says, "Yeah, Louis, don't uh, don't knock the fridge." <laughs> <laughs> no, I love Pritchard, as you know. Um, and he, Sue says, "Might have been mentioned, but the game versus Liverpool, Super Kevin Lisby." I mean, obviously, I've completely unexpected, but again, it was only one, only by one goal. So I'm not, I don't think it counts in our little. Are we, are we not, we not Spurs at any time during that. Uh, no. I know we never beat, never beat Millwall. Yeah, time, no. but... I remember winning three two at Spurs. Yeah, yeah, we don't. Yeah. No. Three nil. Did we do a three nil or a three one against Spurs? Possibly, I think. 
with Jason mm. Yule scored quite early. Yeah, it might be a three-one. Yeah, yeah. Got... surely we beat Spurs. Yeah, yeah. You know, we, oh, we, had, we had a, we had a good record yeah. against Spurs. Incredible when you think about it now. Uh, right, we're going to be back in a couple of minutes. We've only got about five minutes left, so get any last tweets or emails in. We want to talk really about the uh, the card stuff before before the show ends. Back in uh, in thirty seconds. So am I still waiting for this world to stop hating? Can't find a good reason. Can't find hope to believe in. Two shows in a row now. I've accidentally played the same like I dent twice. That was supposed to, again. That was supposed to be that was supposed to be Jordan Cousins against. Uh, You're losing Fulham. it. Yeah, I am. I am. Maybe I need to uh, go on loan to Blackburn. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> M White just yeah, says. Your heart's not in it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, M White says, uh, talking of great away wins on my 50th birthday, which was the. He's basically giving me his date of birth here, the uh, 12th of November. Uh, I was at the 5-2 win at Grimsby. So, so now that's a nice big win to, to celebrate your birthday, Ooh, isn't it? That was the year we won Division uh, Division 1, wasn't yeah, it? it? Was, yeah, it yeah. was, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Mendonca, yeah. Yeah, lovely stuff. Right, let's... Um, got an email here uh, from Rick Everett. This is the media briefing he sends around to... Uh, got a feeling we're not the only media company he sent it to. He probably sent it to all the... He would have sent this to all the newspapers, BBC London. He would have sent this to all the right people. But, you know, it's come to us. And I think it's... I, I still want I still want to talk about this because we, you know, we know no one's going to get carried away with one victory here. Um, and as as good a victory as it was against Rotherham, there was there was still protest uh, throughout the game. Uh, before the game, the the banners went up just fifteen minutes into the game. That was quite funny. I had Joe texting me saying that oh, I'm going to put the banner up. Please make sure your camera phone's ready so you can take a photo from the home end before we get kicked out because he fully expected to get kicked out. And instead, the stewards came and said, "Oh no, no! If you want to put that here, how it helps him put it out." <laughs> Um, and it was that they had the two, like the support the team, not the regime banner, and the time to go, uh, Roland and Katrine banner. Uh, one win doesn't change anything, does it? Really, in that in that no, sort of thing? No, not no. at all. And no, why, why would it? Not. Yeah. Um, you know, if um, with Jose coming in, and I think, I think this will be interesting. I hope I'm not getting ahead of it. If Jose keeps us up, do you think he'll see out his 18 month contract? Because I've just got this feeling that it's the 18 month contract is not worth let's, the let's papers. Not really there. Let's not go there. Is it too soon? Too soon. No, let's just stay up first. Yeah. I, I just I just got this horrible feeling that yeah. they've just given that just because he was in a strong position to and it wouldn't shock wouldn't shock me. No. Right. Uh, the card statement. This uh, this statement was on the 27th, so a few days ago. Uh, basing uh, the reaction to the last uh, the last protest really says a meeting of the coalition against Ronan du Chatelet has taken place to review the success of Saturday's protest at Charlton and plan further action for, for for forthcoming home matches against Bristol City and Cardiff City on February the 6th and 13th respectively. Card is grateful for the strong support and warm encouragement he has received from Charlton supporters at the Blackburn Rovers game with around 80% of fans taking leaflets and rolling out stickers and up to 3,000 people at the post-match demonstration and that's uh, that's more than 2% isn't it? Uh, we believe spending at the game was down by well over half. Although fans had not been asked to boycott jackpot ticket sales, only catering merchandise and programmes, Card noted that the jackpot prize was reduced to 225, which is easily the lowest of the season and around half the average for a Saturday match. So I guess people people were just not buying anything inside the ground. It shows that if if they're reducing something by half, and it's, it's a point that's important to make, when it's an opt-in protest rather than an opt-out, uh, so things like you know buying food. Some people would have turned up to the ground and they were hungry. And the fact is, they don't like the owners, but they're hungry. Yeah, you can see you can see why that the in, in the amount of take up where there would have been maybe half the people who turned up and were hungry still didn't eat. That's quite that's quite impressive, isn't it? 
There was a few good pictures I thought on Twitter of um, you know the uh, the, ter- the the food stalls about ten minutes before kick off or half an hour before kick off. Mm. Pretty much nowhere near. And there's a good one after of a load of yeah. massive bag with a load of food like, that <laughs> hadn't chucked been, out, yeah. been chucked out. So uh, yeah, but, yeah, they're making their because the, the thing that I know, and I know there were a few fans who were a bit upset. Oh, I saw people queuing up. Well, like 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 I say, some people would have queued up, but at the same time, like I when I I come out at half time and we all come down to the press room to get a cup of tea or something. And I, as whenever I walk out, it's always busy with queues. And it was busy-ish this time. But still, when I walk back up five minutes later, it's still queues. When I walk back up, it was empty. So yeah. whoever was in the queue went really quickly. So and can... you've also got to remember that there are some fans that are still going to do it and aren't behind the protest. So mm, they're yeah. still going to. But the fact is, you could tell it was completely different from what it would normally be on a Saturday. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I'll skip over a couple of bits because we haven't got much time. But it says the latest meeting has formulated a series of further protest initiatives with a particular focus on the next two home games. Most most details of these will be announced at midday on the match day themselves. We're confident these initiatives will command very widespread support and participation. However, in order to keep the club guessing, they will not be trialled in advance, or trailed in advance, sorry. Uh, in the meantime, because of the overwhelming backing for the Black and White initiative, based on Charlton's 1947 FA Cup final colours, card is to purchase a further 500 scarves for distribution at the Bristol City game. Details of how these will be handed out will be announced shortly. We would like to thank all protesting Charlton fans for their support and assure them there is much more to come from card over the next few weeks. And it gives you all the details of where you can follow card on Twitter and, uh, and uh, of Facebook and all that. I'm sure you already know that. So, you know, I mean, that, that I think... Last time I checked, that petition was up nearer six thousand now. So it That's shows it, it shows no no sign of, of of dying down, and I think that is important because you know, like I say, one one win's not going to change nothing, is it? No. Well, even if we win four or five games between now and the end of the season and stay up, it doesn't change the reason that people are protesting, mm. the reason they're unhappy. Obviously, results play a part in it, yeah. but the you know from the top down, it remains the same. Because I was chatting to my dad this afternoon, and we were talking about. Um, he, he, he didn't say, oh, I, I want to get relegated. He said, he said, I think he was sort of saying that the only issue he has, if we stay up, then all of a sudden, Ronan's going to go, oh, it's worked again. This is what I'm trying to do. And that's not what Charlton fans want to be involved in. At all, is it? It, it got a bit kind of, obviously that <clears throat> Watford 5-0 at the end of, uh, in January last year, and there was the, the altercation between a fan and, and Katrine on the train. Um, it's a conversation. It, but yeah, you know, it, it was a conversation. And then it, there was, it started there. But then Luzon came in, there was all those wins, and it, and it stopped. And it all, all stopped yeah. dead. It was like, okay, fair enough, and then we go again with Luzon. And it started well again this year. But, yeah, you just feel like it's just repetitive, and it's mm. going to keep going round and round and round and round. And, and this time it's beyond repair in my eyes. Yeah. You know, No matter what happens on the pitch, this isn't stopping. Yeah, that's, what, that's how, it, uh, how it has been feeling to me as well. well we've actually run out of time. The, uh, it's been, the show has absolutely flown by. Thank you for all your, your tweets and your emails. You guys uh, certainly help us with all your input and uh, for... You know, joining in, talking about the game yesterday. And, uh, oh, we've got one more email, because this is interesting. <laughs> right, okay. I'm reading this out, because this uh, this will be good. Right, Nathan Pryor, well-known on the forums, uh, says, The whole card thing is utterly pointless. Why are they trying to force it upon people, and us who don't support it are seen as traitors and receive abuse? They're trying to purge everyone associated with Roland. It's, it's getting like Stalin's Russia. Uh, right, no one... <laughs> that, um, uh, well, if you want to respond to that, tweet an email... Um, uh, I think you might have to email us in for next week's show. So, Nathan, uh, any any quick reaction to that one, Crispy, Tom? Uh... As, as I say, there, we're aware that there are people out there who aren't behind the protest, but I wouldn't say that Card and that are trying to push it on I don't think, I don't think this is forced no at all. Forced. I mean, I, 
in, in my position, obviously, where I obviously we know now, I'm no longer allowed to do the commentary, but I still have to sit in the press box for what I do, and it would be completely improper of me to be wearing a black and white scarf yeah. or a rolling out sticker. Yeah. So when I was walking down, I was walking down the road before the Blackburn game, and there was hundreds of people handing out stickers, and I just politely said, "Oh, not for me." I didn't say why. I just said, oh, "Not for me," and no one forced it on me. Everyone, everyone yeah. just went, "Oh, okay, no worries." You know, mm-hmm. no one's no one's should be forcing it on anyone, Nathan. If you feel like you've been forced, you know, I'm I'm, I'm sad about that, but I honestly don't think that people are going to be forcing it. On anyone mm-hmm. anyone on Twitter who's perhaps not part of the official card thing, but are following the protests and are trying to force people, I think that's bad. Yeah. I don't think you should do that. I think you should, people should be making their own decisions, which on the whole they are. Um, but you know, to say that it's been forced upon is ridiculous. I think Nathan, I think uh, I think you're out of order there. Unfortunately, I hate to say it, uh, and trying to purge everyone associated with RD is getting like Stalin's Russia. Uh, I've never been on holiday to Stalin's Russia, but <laughs> I don't know. I think whatever, whether you're protesting or not, or against the regime or not, the important thing is the fans are all sticking together. Mm, you yeah. know, you can choose not to protest and just go home after the game, but we've all got to work together. Yeah. You know, in the ground because I, we all want Charlton to stay up at the end yeah. of the day that's the end game so yeah. like we say we all like we've already said protests are opt-in if you want to protest you protest no one no one's forcing you to do anything uh and nathan if you're in the minority perhaps you don't want to protest that's fine and i'm not going to sit here and say you you have to protest it's up to you but i will say the fact that you feel like you've been forced into it, i don't think i don't think you should feel like that because that shouldn't be the case. It's not the case. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, I'm glad we got that email just to end the show on a high note. But um, uh, let's say, uh, say thank you for all your tweets and your emails so far uh, throughout the show this evening. It's uh, kept us going, and thanks for your, your memories of big unexpected wins because uh, it's nice to li- listen back to a few of those. Um, Crispy, thanks for coming in this evening. Thanks very much. Tom, thanks for coming in. Cheers, Louis. Uh, me and Tom will be back on the Big Match Preview on Thursday evening. Tonight's show, of course, will be available as a podcast on the iTunes uh, store very shortly. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.